Welcome to Deal Closers with Annette Tali, where we focus on the deals. Our guests are real estate closers who will share in detail the whole process from finding a deal to closing it, as well as strategies and tips to help you do the same. Here is your host, Annette Tali. Welcome to another episode of Deal Closers. I am your host, Annette Tali, and today I have my dear friend, Jay Helms. Welcome, Jay. Good morning. Good morning. I am very excited to have you today because we know each other for about a year now. I yeah. joined Jay's uh, group. Uh, he has a, an amazing Facebook group, uh, WD2 Capitalist. And yep. uh, then I joined his mastermind and it has changed my investing career in the last year. So, you know, it's very exciting to have you today here with me. Awesome. That's incredible. And I will say you own the record because uh, it is a virtual mastermind, right? So we're doing things like this and Zoom, but you own the record. You, you're the only mastermind member that I've actually ever met in person. Oh, wow. That, that doesn't live in Pensacola. So I've met a couple of them that are in the same pig that I'm in, involved in, but, or same Rhea. It's called a pig here in Pensacola. But, um, but yeah, you have that, you have that title right now. So awesome. Yeah. We uh, vacation apparently in the same place. And yeah. so we <laughs> arranged to meet each other this past Christmas. So it was very nice to meet you in person finally. Yes, you and your family and everybody, right? And then we went to the arcade. Yes, it was so nice to see our kids play. I have to tell you, yeah. that was so cute. It was very cool. So let me tell you a little bit about Jay. He has served the information technology industry since 2001 with most recent transition and focus on growing a direct sales unit and a portfolio of 50 million in ARR for a global cybersecurity firm. Jay has earned several educational Accolades, BS Computer Science, Jacksonville State University in 2001, Master's Business Administration, New York Institute of Technology in 2005, and Certified Project Management Professional, Project Management Institute in 2008. To produce a record and seamlessly driving complex projects to completion while balancing tight resources and time constraints. A savvy relationship builder with a proven track record of forging partnerships and driving account performance to the next level. Wow. <laughs> That's a lot. That's a lot. I need to clean that up because uh, <laughs> I, I don't do, uh, I, I know I just sent that to you earlier, but uh, I don't do project <laughs> management anymore. Um, that is that has gone out of my uh, wheelhouse. Focus directly <laughs> on sales and growing a sales team right now. All right. Well, Jay started actively investing in real estate in 2014 with a mix of single and multifamily homes and since has grown his real estate portfolio to over 320 units across four states. Recently, he has started giving back to the real estate community by hosting the movement at w2capitalist.com, where his, the mantra is earn, invest, repeat and is helping every W2 employee realize they can build legacy wealth through real estate and investing and have a successful and fulfilling W2 job. Jay and his wife, Cassie, have a son and two daughters. Yeah. And I can, I can attest to the fact that you help W2 people invest. Yeah. Because that's, where, that's how I found you and you know, in this past year, 
it has helped me a lot to have the yes. support and, and on this group. Yeah, you're an awesome testament to the group, right? Um, and I, I would like to take full credit, but I can't because <laughs> you take action, right? As you come in, you have a plan. Now, you let us keep you accountable, right? But you, you take action, which is one of the biggest things that most people struggle with is, is just finding the courage to take action. You have all the courage. You just go and do it. So congratulations to you. Right. Thank you. And I think that's one of the things that, that make the difference. Like sometimes we get overwhelmed with all the things we want to do, but if you just take one thing and apply it, then it's going to take you places. And I think that's what, what I do. I just take, if I cannot do everything, I just take one thing that I can do and I just go with it. And then, you know, when you figure it out, then you take the next thing and then you yep. go with it. Absolutely. So. The deal. So, all right. So what deal are we going to talk about today? So I think we should talk about the very first deal um, because that has set off a, I don't know, spiral, if you will, into where we are today. And without that first deal, we wouldn't be here, but it's one of those things is once you get past that first deal, you are, your, your mind takes a shift and says, okay, it's not as bad as I thought it was. Right. And then you start getting into this competitive thing where how can I make this quicker? How can I, how can I be the guy the broker comes and brings the deals to blah, blah, blah. So let's talk about the first deal. Is that okay? That's perfect. So what type of facet, where did you, uh, where is it located? Yep. So it was a single family uh, resident and I'm going to talk in past tense because we just, we sold it last February. Okay. Uh, so a year ago today. Um, now we ended up holding that thing for uh, four years, but okay. it was a single family asset and it was in a part of town that was up and coming. Right. Um, and I'll get more into that in just a minute. Um, but it was, we found it on the, uh, the MLS it was actually an MLS property, but it was a foreclosure. Okay. So we reached out to the, uh, one of the brokers and agents that we in, in, ended up creating a relationship. I think we've done probably it's in the teens, 14 or 15 deals with that same broker since then. Uh, he gave us some real good guidance. He knew kind of what we were looking for when going into it. Um, so did you find it like on Zillow and then gave it to him or did he, yes. you know, found it for you and send it to you? No, we found it. And then we went to him and said, Hey, here's, here's what we're looking for. You know, give us some guidance on can it rent for this much, blah, blah, blah. And so the purchase price, and a lot of people are going to think there's no way, but the purchase price on this house now, granted it was 600 square feet, right? One what was it, what's it listed for first? Uh, so it was a foreclosure. It was listed for 23,000. Wow. Yeah. Did you get it for that price? We did. Yeah. <clears throat> and you know, it had been, it had, it needed some repairs. I think we ended up spending about 9,000 on the total repair, which included, um, a new roof, uh, cause you could go up into the attic and you can look up and you could see sky. So there was, there was some issues with the roof. We just had it replaced. And, and then a lot of just cosmetic stuff, right? Uh, we did have some electrical issues. We had the, uh, the biggest electrical issues. We had a main wire we had to replace um, that basically fed to the house for the electrical piece. That was another costly expense. But after that, it was all cosmetic paint, carpet, and we're good, right? 
the moment we had it available to rent, uh, it rented for $600 a month and it stayed rented until the time we sold it. Matter of fact, we sold it with, um, our second tenant in there. Right. So we held it for three years. One of our tenants stayed in there for two years. The next year we got another tenant in there and then we ended up selling it, uh, with that tenant in place. Wow. We, it was, it was amazing. Um, first step for us because, and we ended up selling it. So we ended up selling it for 50,000. Oh, wow. So you made cash flow, killing cash flow for yes. three years, four years. Yep. So we, it cash flowed three, uh, I think it was like three twenty-five a month, every month. Cause we didn't have a mortgage on it. Right. And right. the only thing that we were doing is we were, we were going into this, we were very diligent about putting money back because we didn't want to get caught with, oh, the furnace has died or whatever. Uh, and there were issues that came up, right? Uh, this is the first property that um, we, well, it was our first property period, but we learned that we didn't want to be property managers mm -hmm. with this one. So we tried to manage it with us. We did get the call one day. I'm at work and I got a call from the tenant saying, Hey, I just got a call from the neighbor. They're telling me water's flooding out, out underneath the house. What do I do? <laughs> it's like, well, turn off the water. Turn off the water. She goes, well, I'm not there. I said, well, call the water company. They'll come do it for you or whatnot. And in, long story short, we ended up replacing all the plumbing in the house. Now it wasn't oh, very expensive because it was a very small house, but it had some, um, uh, tubing in there and I don't want to say the wrong type but I had some tubing in there that was known for issues uh, matter of fact insurance will not cover it anymore and the reason why we had to replace it is because we renewed our insurance and they wanted us to get a new inspection and it came up on the second inspection didn't come up in the first which was weird but it that was lucky actually yeah yeah <laughs> so um but yeah, so it was first property that just got us really, that got our appetite wet, right? Then so, we, but, but let me, let me back up a little bit <clears throat> because we skipped the, the, the question of how did you get into real estate? Because you just didn't wake up yeah. one day and said like, oh, let's just buy a property. I did. No, no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, uh, I was very fortunate enough to find, um, I know a lot of real estate investors talked about Robert Kiyosaki and his rich dad, poor dad. I was very lucky to find that book. Um, when, uh, we were pregnant or excuse me, my wife was pregnant with our first son, uh, about six months into it. And that book just had a, such a phenomenal shift the way I think about building wealth and everything, because in that, and this is kind of what sparked the W2 capitalist as well Was in that year, we had our first son, we, we bought our first rental property. The company that I was a principal at, I'd been there for 10 years was acquired that acquisition was not going well, uh, to say the least. So a lot of these things happened. So I started looking at, okay, we're, we've done really good with this, um, property. Let's see how we can double down. Now, what led up to that was we were watching the HGTV flipping shows and we were getting all excited about this. And we tried a couple of different things. We tried to be wholesalers quickly found out that's not in our, that's not our personality types, right? We're not those hustlers. I actually enjoy what I do. Uh, I just don't have a whole lot of time to outside of work to focus on anything else. Right. Cause I really want to be there present with, for the family. Um, and that sort of thing. So this kind of transitioned us into, uh, buy and hold folks and outsourcing almost everything. Right. Right. 
And that's that's very important because I think a lot of people get into, you know, real estate to, you know, because they want freedom, financial freedom, and, and they want to spend time with their family. <clears throat> but they end up spending way too much time on the business and then neglect the family. And I think yeah. that's one thing that you do good, that you have that commitment with your family, you know, and, yeah. and, and you Thank focus you. that uh, and you know, you schedule all your other activities at other times. And that's, that's very important. That's one thing that I am trying to establish too. Yeah. Um, because I love working the business. Yeah. So it's fun, isn't it? <laughs> it, it? I love, it's fun. So I, I gotta, yeah. you know, focus on that. Okay. So you bought it for 23,000. You put 9,000 in repairs. That, does that include the plumbing or, or because you said no, that? no. So the 9,000 was up front for us to get it rent ready. Um, the plumbing came afterwards. Uh, I think that was close to 2,500 bucks, maybe 2000. Okay. That was the biggest expense that we had, um, while we owned the property. Uh, and I think it's very important too, to let's talk about this. So you talked about how do we pay for it, right? So we're, we're getting into this game of real estate. We're, we're trying to understand how, how it works, what banks are looking for. Yeah. Because you had to, this one, you had to buy it cash. We had to buy right, cash. It was a foreclosure. Yep. Well, uh, we it was a bank-owned property, so it wasn't because it was a foreclosure that we had to pay cash for it. It was a we had to pay cash for it because it was under fifty thousand, which is usually the minimum most banks will will loan you for a property. And, and probably it wouldn't pass inspection if it had a, a problem with the roof, right? Well, yeah, yeah. So if you cannot insure <laughs> it, then you cannot finance it either. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I hadn't thought about that actually, but, but you're, you're very much onto that. Um, but the way we pay cash for it, uh, again, we kind of just looked at this piece of property and we're like, all right, let's do this. Well, prior to that, cause we knew we wanted to get into some of this stuff. We went ahead and opened a HELOC, uh, which is a home equity line of credit on our primary residence. And I did that way ahead of time and it's paid off several times to be able to have that cash sitting there. But I did that way ahead of time because I knew if we found a deal uh, that we were going to have to act very quickly. Right. And I didn't want to have to go through the whole HELOC process and it'd be 30 days and this property sit on the market for another 30 days and potentially be gone. Yeah. And, so, and for the people that don't know what a HELOC is, can you explain it? Because I find, I discovered the HELOC like when I was buying my third property. And yeah. You, yeah, you yeah. were smart. You got it with the first one. Yeah. So a HELOC, uh, home equity line of credit, you have to own your uh, primary house, right? Uh, or you don't have to own, it could be on most any property, but if it's, uh, I'll tell you the way we did it. It was our primary residence and it had appreciated some in value. We had owned it for, um, well, we weren't married at the time when I bought it. I don't know why I said that it doesn't really matter, but I had owned it for 10 years. I think is what it was. So we had some equity in that, which is just untapped, uh, value, right? So the way we tap into that value is we go to the bank and say, Hey, here's what we owe on the mortgage. And they have an inspector come out and or do an appraisal, not an inspector, but have an appraisal done on the property and whatever that difference is, they'll typically issue you a home line, home equity line of credit up to 80% 80%. of the value of the home. Yep. So we had, uh, I think 40 something around that, um, that was available to us. And 
the what I love about a homemaker line of credit is you're going to pay a small fee, probably a hundred, two hundred bucks a, a year to keep it open. But other than that, if it's not being used, it's very much like a credit card, and that is, it's you're not being charged interest on it, right? And, so and the it, other advantage is sometimes closing is covered by the bank, like mine. I didn't yes. pay any money to get it. Some banks charge you a small amount, but yeah. compared to a closing, a, re, a, a refinance closing where you're going to spend yes. ten thousand dollars, this is such a better option. Yes, and that, and be sure if you go out and apply for a HELOC make sure they go over this. They should go over this with you, but most of them are not going to call, uh, charge you a closing fee. If as long as you keep the HELOC open for X number of years, right? right. Because they want to make sure they get their, they get their closing fee some way. It's just not directly at, well, but uh, they do have some prepayments also, uh, you know, penalties if you close it. So if you find a better deal and you want to close it, you just pay the the penalty. So there's, there's the option. And also, watch out for the interest because most of them are variable. They are. That's, so you that's have to be the aware other of thing. That. It's, it's a very good point to make is that um, the downside of HELOC, while it is there for you to use instantly, um, that rate could adjust. And typically they start out higher anyway than and what I'm comparing that to is a traditional mortgage, right? right. Um, so if you do a cash out refinance, uh, you're going to have a lower interest rate, but you're going to be paying on that money from the time it closes. Right. Right. So you said that you wanted to be a buy and hold investor, but then you sell it. So tell us a little bit what, what yeah. that, why, why did that happen? Well, <clears throat> so it was off market. It wasn't, it wasn't listed. I listed it. Uh, we, you know, so our, uh, our, our amazing tenant had telling you this, this lady, she broke us in because she worked at a trade school, right? And she said, hey, if do you mind if something happens, like with the HVAC or anything like that, uh, plumbing or anything, do you mind if I have students come over and allow them work? Because they've got to get so much work experience. I was like, no, I, I guess that's fine. I was like, but how does, it, how does that work? You know, she goes, well, you just, have, if, they're, if they had to buy parts, they had to buy parts, essentially it's free labor. And mm-hmm. I was like, done. Done. So, I, I leaned on that a couple of times that worked out and she was just always great. She, she always paid on time. She really showed us how tenants can be, um, amazing. Right. But, um, so I put her on the market after she moved out. Um, and then she moved out for, she got a roommate or something like that, moved across town, whatnot. <clears throat> and then afterwards, uh, put it on the market, had it under contract as a group, um, family that was out of town and they backed out of it eventually. So we just turned around and rented again. And lo and behold, one day I get a call from a guy. He says, Hey, I'm wondering if you're still interested in selling this property. Now this was six months after I had taken the listing down, right? And have a new tenant in there. Things are going great. And I just said, I hadn't really thought about it. Made me an offer. And he made me 50, he made me an offer for 50,000. And what did you list it for when you listed it? Uh, it was right at 50,000. Okay. Right. And I, I was doing a for sale by owner because my realtor was telling me there was no way I was going to get 50,000 for it. And I was like, well, if I'm not getting 50 grand for it, I'm not selling it. Right. So, uh, like one month later, we, he pays cash, closes it. And the reason why I did that is I 1031 exchanged that money 
into a fourplex, right? So we went from $600 a month uh, in gross revenue to $2,200 a month in gross revenue. Wow. Yeah. And everything you did it with a HELOC. Yeah, I started with a HELOC. That right? is such a great, like, you know, I sometimes say, like, I wish I knew more about house hacking, you know, when I started. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, you know, this is a great strategy. You know, if you already own a home and, and you cannot do house hacking, uh, you can get a HELOC on your primary home and then use that money to invest. Yeah. Just make sure that it's a good investment. Just make sure, <laughs> it yeah, pays. it meets the criteria, right? Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. And it, and all, you know, starts with taking action. And, and that's one of the biggest things that I've tried to press upon myself, especially here recently, you know, we're into the new year uh, when this is being recorded is just, just take action. Right. I was going to say, just do it, but I didn't want to give props to, to that shoe company, but anyway, <laughs> um, but yeah, you just got to take action. Right. And, and if, for those if folks who are listening, if like, well, I'm never going to use a HELOC. I'm never going to find, uh, a property in, you know, that, uh, is going to fit my criteria and blah, blah, blah. Doesn't matter. Just go do it. It's going to cost you a hundred, 200 bucks a year to keep this thing active. Uh, and you, and you're going to want that cash on hand when you do find that deal. Right. So just take it, just yes. do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Expert tips. Uh, Jay is going to give us three expert tips on how to invest while still working at your W-2 job. Yeah. So um, you just want three because there's a ton of them. <laughs> give me your <laughs> best ones and then maybe a bonus. All right. So, so no, tip number one, if you're, if you're married uh, or if you have a significant other, tip number one is you got to get your spouse on board. That's it. Uh, and, and that is listed as number one for a reason, right? Uh, because you're the, and I'll say this, the president of your fan club is going to be an integral part of making all this work. The last thing you need in your relationship is to, uh, is for some sort of investing money. You know, the divorce lawyers or whoever has done the study, money is usually the number one leading for uh, divorce. If they're not on your side, your number one job to get started in real estate investing is to convince your, your other half. That's it. Yeah. And, and not only money, but time because you yes. have to invest time. Yep. Which leads to number two, right? Is um, be ready to alter your lifestyle, right? Less TVs, less nights out, uh, earlier bedtimes, earlier alarms. Uh, I'm a big fan of getting up early before the rest of the house wakes up because that means I've got about two hours or so um, before I had to get focused on the W-2. So I'll wake up and do something that I'm extremely passionate about. Um, and I have that me time, so to speak, in the morning. And then I'm off to my W-2, which I'm now, my mindset is, all right, I just spent two hours building my real estate empire. Let me go help these folks sell some stuff, right? <laughs> and you are lucky your kids sleeping because as soon as I wake up early, my kids wake up. It's just ah. like, I've tried 5 a.m., 6 a.m. Well, maybe 5 a.m. they're sleeping, but 6 a.m. they are awake. We are very fortunate. They're not of school age yet, and uh, but we're going we're gonna to tackle that here pretty soon, uh, this coming year, actually. And um, so they, they go to bed kind of late. So there, mm -hmm. is, there is a little bit of that, too. So, right. yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. What's the third tip? 
Uh, let me think. Let me, let me. So the third tip, uh, outsource, 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 right? Is don't think you have to go into this and you're going to be a property manager. Just make sure when you write up your criteria for a deal that you have a property manager expense in there. And as you're focused on being, you know, present for your family and still focused on your W-2, you don't need to worry about all the other stuff, right? You're looking to buy a physical asset that can just send you that mailbox money every month, right? And, and to be able to do that, you need to outsource, outsource, outsource. And this comes back to what I, something I said earlier is the moment we had that first property ready to rent, it rented. Now, where we didn't, and this is, so I'm, I'm making this uh, uh, tip uh, coming from experience is because when we bought that house, our very first house, uh, our first kid was three weeks old and we thought, all right, we're going to, we're going to be able to do all this stuff ourselves, blah, blah, blah. And then we didn't know what we didn't know. Right. You have your first kid, you think, ah, it's no big deal. No, nobody, not a lot of people were, uh, could explain to us what was going to happen. Nobody um, told you like, are you crazy? What are you doing? You are having a child. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so he came in October, right. And the plan was to spend nights and weekends over there. And, uh, I don't know if you're seeing this, but he's flicking the light on and off right now. Outside <laughs> the office. I am. Um, uh, and And, uh, so, so he came in October and then, uh, the house wasn't ready until February. Oh, so wow. after we did all this and we saw how easy it was to rent, I went back and did the calculations, right. And we missed out on, um, essentially four to five months of rent. And so around 2,400 bucks. And I went back and looked at some of the contractor quotes that we received it was around $2,400 a month. Yeah, it was a little less actually. So we actually cut ourselves out of some, some income because of- And then uh, you did the work. So you yes. spend your, your time on it. Yes, our time. And, you know, and it wasn't in the best of neighborhoods. Now I said it was an up and coming neighborhood. Uh, I was, uh, quite frankly, I was scared to go over there because right across the street, it was a, uh, it was a drug house. <laughs> and- Fast forward and when we sold it, right, that drug house had been plowed down and somebody built a beautiful three bedroom, two bath home on there that sold for around 150. I mean, it was just, so it was up and coming and, and it kind of um, progressed, right? And then the bonus tip I have for you is, get, yeah, the bonus tip is get comfortable with being uncomfortable, uncomfortable, right? And that's what we focus on the mastermind. Uh, is I'm a firm believer that growth happens outside your comfort zone. And most people who are in their W2 job who are focused on this and want to start getting into the real estate investing. Um, most of them don't find that courage to take the action that we we're talking about because they already are uncomfortable. Right. And you need to, if you want to really focus on this and start building some, some, let's, let's forget about legacy wealth for a minute. Let's just talk about some additional streams of income, right? You're going to get uncomfortable and you need to get comfortable with that feeling. I actually, re I, I have now trained myself that when I know that feeling is coming, there's something I need to do right then. 
and that's uh, pretty fun to see. It's also kind of scary, but it's pretty fun to see. Yeah, yeah, I, you know, you know, I think somebody told me, like, don't you get scared? I'm like, yes, all the time. Like, it's not fun to do new things that you don't know uh, what's going to happen or put yourself out there. You know, just yeah. we were talking about this. You asked me, are you going to do a podcast? And I was like, no, like, there is no <laughs> way I'm going to do that. Like, I'm not, you know, I don't want to put the time. I don't want to do it. Like, I don't want to be in front of a camera. And now, one year. Now look at you. Yeah, you're hosting <laughs> mastermind calls. You're doing Facebook Lives. You're doing all this stuff. You're growing. It's awesome. It yeah. really has been incredible to see, honestly. <laughs> and, you know, I, I highly recommend your mastermind. It just keeps me accountable and keeps me motivated. Like, sometimes I get to the call and I'm like, guys, I am so happy I'm here today. I'm so happy the call yeah. is today. Because I was starting to feel going down, like, you know, my yeah. um, energy. And then yeah. after the call, it's like I'm, again, ready to go. Yeah, yeah. And that's, we talk about this all the time because one of the calls is on Tuesday nights. And I love that call, but I hate it too because we end up um, – ending super pump. like let's yeah <laughs> well we end up ending it super pumped but it's like 10 11 o'clock at night it's already past my bedtime and i'm like what you know how do, we, <laughs> how do we change this but it's all good it's all good we love it yeah. it's been a pleasure to have you on the call today and on my show thank you so much jay i really look up to you and i follow you everything you do i'm like oh what did jay how did he ah. look at what he did oh uh, that's uh i'm blushing i don't know if you can see that that's that's awesome <laughs> i appreciate it <laughs> anyways thank you so much for oh before i forget where can people find you what's your website what's your mastermind tell us all about it yeah so you can find all that uh at w2capitalist.com um, there's link to the mastermind information. There's link to the community, uh, which is essentially right now as a Facebook group, uh, where, you know, the community has grown, uh, I think we're close to 7,000 members in it. Um, but, and the, here's something I'm starting to do this year. You talk about getting uncomfortable. I'm giving out, uh, my number, right? So if anybody has questions, the best thing to do is text, uh, but text me, you can text me at 850 six one zero zero nine six six that's awesome i'm gonna be calling you now yeah you have my number anyway <laughs> I already have your number. I, I, you know i screen my calls so i wouldn't give my number away because I'm, if i don't know the number i don't respond i wait for the message yeah yeah <laughs> I, I understand that's the same with me too so if you get that you might want to turn around and call again right or text again so <laughs> correct thank you so much jay it's been a pleasure thank you annette i've enjoyed it this was Deal Closers with Annette Talee, brought to you by Talee Investments. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. Our goal is to provide amazing value on your real estate journey. Connect online at www.taleeinvestments.com, where you can find this episode and more. Did you like this episode? Subscribe, like, and share.